hello and welcome back to the second season of the Souls Conquest. I'm super excited for you guys to jump on on today's episode because we have another special creative from somewhere in this wide wide world who is about to share their story, their journey and their Souls Conquest. As you listen to this episode, remember that we are here to inspire, we are here to create and we are here to conquer. Now let's get on with it, shall we? Hello, hello. Welcome to the Souls Conquest in conversation with Christoph. This is so amazing. Um, we had to skip a day yesterday uh, because there was a wedding happening here. But I'm so glad that the schedule matched up and we can do this right now because it's such a privilege to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, ex- I'm, I'm really stoked to be here. And yeah, you know, weddings happen. It's all good. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, let's jump right into it because I'm so excited. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hey, everybody. My name is Christoph Zajac Denick, and I am uh, I'm a podcast host uh, and a pro- podcast producer. I have a show that's called I'm Kind of a Big Deal. And I talk about my life and other people's lives with dwarfism. I have a rare form of dwarfism called cartilage hair hypoplasia, and I'm actually four feet, four inches tall. I've had a couple of reconstructive leg surgeries in my early youth, as well as a spinal fusion to correct um, uh, issues that I've had from my condition. And yeah, and in my professional life, I've been a lot of things. I've toured in a rock and roll band for six years across the U.S. and Europe. I've worked as a local television producer for government TV in Metro Detroit. I've moved to Hollywood and has I've worked as an actor and a stuntman for a number of years. And I'm also an avid surfer. That's probably the most favorite thing that I do <laughs> is get in the ocean and go surfing. But yeah, um, the thing that I do the most right now, oh, I'm also a freelance journalist. I create audio stories and write articles for online publications. Um, but the podcast is what I spend my, the most of my time doing. And I love it because I get to interview other little people and tell their stories. And we just have conversations and chat. And it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. Amazing. Uh, my next question was going to be, can you share your craft and what do you create? But I think you already covered that. Yeah. In your introduction. <laughs> the, the podcast. Yeah. The podcast kind of like, you know, dovetailed with my education because I went to school mm-hmm. for audio and video production. So oh. I just kind of needed a little bit of brush up on how to interview people, but I am pretty familiar with recording and um, how the editing and the whole production side of it. Wow, that is amazing. Uh, I wanna, I wanna pick your brains on so many different things that. You yeah. <laughs> but I wanna ask you, which is the one thing that you would like to talk about the most in today's session? It can be anything um, from your wide, wide array of um, things that you do. What would you like to talk the most about? It could also be surfing. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I always love talking about the podcast. I feel like dwarfism doesn't really have many platforms where we can talk about um, who we are and what we are, what we do and why it's uncomfortable around people. So I'm, I mean, I'm happy to talk about that 
or I can just do a deep dive on surfing and we can talk for an hour <laughs> on surfing. We are going to have another podcast session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be based on surfing. Um, but I do, I do enjoy the fact that you're giving such an amazing platform to something that you and a lot of people are going through. And even though it's uncomfortable for people to listen, you are doing your level best to get your stories out there. And that's so, so amazing. I hope that my small platform can be, you know, eventually turn into something huge and will give you and your stories more exposure. Um, so fingers crossed for that. <laughs> yeah, that's we're trying to lift each other up this, this whole time, yeah. you know, that's that's the that's the thing. Yep. Amazing. Um, let's jump into it. Why do you create this podcast in particular? Um, let's take a deeper dive into that. Yeah, cool. So I started the show with a friend of mine and I've known her for over 15 years and we played music in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, back in the day, I guess is 15 years plus now. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> um, but you know, she's kind of seen me play music, and she's seen me have all these unique jobs, and you know, I've always been a little person. So she sees me yeah. come from this different perspective, and she said, "Oh, you should talk about what you do and what you've done, and all the crazy jobs." And I've I've had some good successes, and um, I've I've had some pretty huge rejections as well. That's mm-hmm. life, especially in yeah. entertainment. But um, so she wanted uh, to help me kind of get this show started. And we started talking just about myself, essentially, and what I've been through. And I showed the show to a couple other little people, friends of mine, and their response was, why does this resonate with me? Why does what we, what you're saying mm-hmm seems so similar to my own experiences and i thought well this is this is where it should be it shouldn't be just me nobody wants to just listen to christoph talk about what he's done you know i think we should share about other people and so that's what i did i just kind of turned the mic on my friends and started to ask questions and people really wanted to share they had similar experiences to me i never wanted to associate with any little people until i was older than 30 so I just wanted to avoid all of them and and not accept myself, not accept being around other little people. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing that a lot of us experience. And so I didn't realize that other people experienced that as well. And once we started talking, so many people had the same experiences. And I thought that was really interesting. And so the more we talk, the more in depth we get. And um, I get better at interviewing people and I, I realize the questions that are that I want to know and that kind of mm-hmm. open people up a little bit more and have them talk about what uncomfortable situations they've been in or what, yeah. how they want to express their vulnerability. Because I think at the end of the day, it's there's stories told by little people, but honestly, yeah. they're just human stories. They're not any sort of, you know, compartment of this i'm not trying to make this you know a a showcase on a freak show or something like that these are just human stories of everyone who's going out there and you know getting groceries and living with a family and working a day job or Mm -hmm. and they're unique stories because i think a lot of people have never heard these stories and so um 
you know, but they're just experienced by humans. And and I think that's, to me, I, my goal is with the show is to create a bridge between the average height world and little people, because there is a pretty big divide there. And I realize that exposure is the best way to do that. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, yes, stories are so empowering. Uh, I can tell you that the dog behind me agrees with that, that you can probably hear barking <laughs> in the background. It's all good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. had a good night last night at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to say so too. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stories though, stories are so, so empowering. I think that is one of the reasons why I wanted to um, shift the focus from my podcast niche down and share stories of creatives from all around the world because I feel like that is the best way to connect with someone, right? Like um, like you said, you didn't have an idea that a lot of other people face the same issues that you are facing. And it's such a sad thing that people like to, um, you know, create a differentiation, create like add a label like, yo, you're not human, you're a dwarf or and that's that's so messed up because no, at the end of the day, you are human. Yep. Not at the end of the day, throughout the day, throughout your life. That's that's such a sad reality. And I hope that your words reach to people from everywhere around the planet and it resonates with people because I think it's mostly because of ignorance that a lot of people do stuff like this. Like there are some people that we don't want to go into. But a lot of mm-hmm. people talk about stuff like this because they are ignorant of the real issues behind it. But I hope that your podcast creates that platform, um, creates a space where people can yeah. share their stories and hopefully, yeah, hopefully resonate with the world. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, you probably experience the same um situation when you run into someone who hasn't experienced maybe someone of your race or your appearance or something like that and i've i've learned that kids mm-hmm. really are just so accepting and they're just kind of full of love until they get to the point where their minds are molded to and they've learned that oh yeah difference is a bad thing because curiosity yeah. to me is not a bad thing whatsoever you know if somebody says why are you so yeah. little and they ask me six times in a row, even though I give them the same yeah. answer. You know, it's kind of yeah. the same thing. You know, why is your skin brown? I've never yeah. seen a brown skin person before. Why? And, and like curiosity is totally fine. But when you end up having these preconceived notions and these um, reactions that aren't really based in curiosity, but they're based in protecting your own mechanisms and your own thoughts, okay. then that's where I find the problem lies. And so... I think it's an important lesson just to emulate children in some regards, you know, emulate the, emulate the, the malleability of their brains and their opinions because every, everyone is different. You know, it's, there's no one who, what is not different, you know, everything is different. Everything is unique and everybody has their own experience. And I think that, realizing that just kind of helps all of us and yeah i think yeah, i think that's an important thing yeah that that was such an amazing point that you put across um okay so i want to actually ask you um uh, if it is not too uncomfortable for you to answer 
yeah. why did it take you 30 years to cross that barrier and connect with people if it is too uncomfortable no it's not uncomfortable i talk about i talk about this all the time <laughs> i mean i it just took me that long i i don't i don't know why it took me that long i just honestly it was exposure because when i was touring in the rock band i didn't know any other little people and i really didn't want to know any other little people because my exposure to little people was so limited and it's it's not that i was trying to be a bad person or trying to be mean but i experienced those same defense mechanisms because i couldn't understand little, other little people even though they're yeah. my size and they've gone through the same surgeries that i've gone through it's really just kind of this strange thing but it you know it gets remedied through exposure so when i was 30 and i moved to los angeles i started to work with little people and i started to meet other little people on tv shows and movies that i was working on and that wall just kind of started to come down and i i realized that i didn't have to protect myself or i didn't have to you know think of little little people as others you know i could think of them as people and friends and folks that could help me out or that i could help out or wanted to be friends with at all and it just it just took that time and um for me it was probably when i was 34 or 35 or something like that is when that changed for me because i worked on a show with 50 other little people and so i had i kind of wow. got thrown right in and i made a ton of friends and it was amazing but it was exposure you know you don't have that exposure it's not like you know you just wake up one day and think oh i'm going to be friends with little people now and you have to kind of prove it to yourself that it's okay that's what i had to do that was amazing i want to talk about um what your exposure was in the film industry and in the entertainment industry as a little person and that's because we did speak about this previously so i wanted to just if you're comfortable with it um yeah. share it with the world whoever is listening to this podcast whenever yeah <laughs> yeah i'm comfortable with just about anything you want to ask so we're all good <laughs> um yeah so i i moved to la in 2009 and i moved to la to play music i didn't want to necessarily get into the acting industry even though i somewhat heard that acting was something that little people would do mm-hmm. but honestly i've never i'd never really seen another little person actor at that point mm-hmm. and i started to get calls to work i i got an agent a month after moving to los angeles Mm-hmm. after never having any experience on camera on film on set none of those things you know there was an agent that said oh you're 4 foot 4 let's sign you up that's perfect yeah what that doesn't that make any it. sense yeah. yeah how does that work so and then they got me a job on a television pilot i worked 2 days and it was so easy because i didn't have to learn 40 songs for a cover band gig on drums i didn't have to you yeah. know go on tour or something all i literally all i had to do was show up and i made twice as much money as i would on a music gig that i would have had to spend 3 days learning um which is pretty amazing and i made a bunch of friends on that that was the first time when the walls 
kind of started to come down because I had a lot of fun and it was with a bunch of other little people and they all had community together and they invited me and accepted me into their community. So, um, yeah. And then after that, I ended up getting hired on universal pictures film in New Mexico. And so they moved me to New Mexico from Los Angeles for three months over the summer and yeah, and I worked and it was awesome. I had so much fun. Um, I got to hang out with all the departments. I had no idea what I was doing at all for three months. Yeah. Um, they made me sag so I could join the union and I just, yeah, I made so many friends. It was incredible. Um, and I made good money too, you know, over the mm -hmm. summer I was making good money working on set and that's kind of that was the the shift for me that said, okay, we can do acting stuff. Cause I almost didn't take that job because it wasn't music. Yeah. And a friend of mine said, you know, are you stupid? You need money. Go take this job. <laughs> yeah. A gig is a gig. You need to make money. You're not going to make this kind of money just sitting in LA, go mm -hmm. and do the work. And so, yeah, that's why I took it. And after that, you know, it's, I've just, I've worked a ton of shows, a ton of movies. Um, I've played drums on television shows and in movies as well. And just about all of my roles, I've been in tons of makeup, tons of prosthetics, monster costumes, troll costumes, elf yeah. costumes, and hardly ever depicted as a real person or just a guy. You know, yeah. I am a guy. Like, yeah. I'm a guy, <laughs> but yeah. I'm rarely ever seen on camera as a guy. And I, I started to realize that this is skewed. This is weird. This doesn't yeah. show us in a, in a real light. And so um, that's also kind of what I speak about a lot on my podcast because I want, I want stuff to change for us. I don't want it to just be elf jobs. I don't want those jobs to completely go away, but I want us to be represented as well in a much more real light. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, was that one of the reasons why you made your podcast or started your podcast? It it wasn't necessarily why I started it, but it's why I want to keep going with it because I'm I'm delving even more now into these stories and hearing about people who have been discriminated against and how they have just really been misrepresented and underrepresented in society. And so I want that to change. And I have listeners and fans on my show and I feel like, you know, that's a good thing. And, and so people are listening, they're, they're paying attention, they're taking note. And so that's why I want to keep going. That's amazing. I want to ask you when you were, you know, under all that heavy makeup, and playing a role of someone that wasn't you. And I saw that one clip of you where um, it was on IMDb where you just went all ballistic. <laughs> you were like, murdering. Oh, the, mur the, the serial, serial murder. Yes. So it's funny you bring that up because cause that's the role that I'm most proud of, actually, because <laughs> yeah. that's the least amount of makeup I've ever worn. And it's mm -hmm. the biggest show and my most favorite director I've ever worked with. So yeah, yeah I, I play a serial murderer on 
serial killer on the show Twin Peaks. My character yeah. name is Ike the Spike. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I use the spike to good use. <laughs> um, people die and uh, <laughs> in a brutal way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, I love that because I know David Lynch and I know that his stuff is always unique and it's real in a surreal way. Yeah. You know, Ike the Spike is a creative character. Mm -hmm. To me, an elf is not a creative character. Right. And when I think about playing Ike the Spike, I think that, you know, you have to think of the backstory and you have to think of where he's come and that he just doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care about self-preservation or preservation. Mm -hmm. He just w does the job of killing. Yeah. But he also has a sweet, soft side, too, because yeah. every now and then, which I kind of can tap into because I, I have a softer side as well, although yeah. I've never killed anyone. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. But, you know, you know, you have your persona and then you have like if yeah. you see a cute dog, you just kind of melt or whatever, you know, <laughs> and. Yeah. And um, I could identify with that, and I thought that was cool and fun to play. Yeah, you know. Um, so so that role to me, that I also wore the least amount of makeup in that role. They just put some zits on my face, and they gave me yeah. meth teeth. Yeah, um, really messed up teeth. So I I loved it. I I was in the makeup chair for ten minutes. It was amazing. <laughs> um, yes. That was cool. But, you know, other roles I've done, I've been in the makeup chair for three and a half hours and I'm wearing horns and I'm wearing, you know, other prosthetic teeth and yeah. ears and nose and like all this ghoulish, which, again, that stuff is really fun, but that's much farther away from Kristoff because that isn't even a human, you know, that's yeah. just yeah. a monster. And at least a serial killer on a David Lynch show is a human being. <laughs> yes. Yes, no discrimination against monsters. <laughs> yeah. Monst <laughs> monst monsters, if you're listening, we appreciate your support. Thank you yes, very much. <laughs> the, mo the monsters and zombies, please subscribe and like. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. So <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. I had to put it out there, you know, like. Yeah. Hey. Yes. Take all the take all the subscribes you can. I say. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, oof. Oh, I did want to ask you. Um, my original question was how, if you could differentiate, uh, what did you feel when you were playing these two different characters? Right, like um, the not so human but still human, like the Spike versus all the other characters where you had to wear heavy makeup. What did you, as a person, feel while you were going through those roles? Well, Ike the Spike is so much more grounded, mm -hmm. in my opinion. You know, even though he's a messed up individual and he does very bad things, he still is a person. You know, he yeah. still is is that. And so you, you, I had to think about the backstory and I had to think about him as being being a person and I felt great about it. I felt so good. I felt cool. I felt challenged. You know, I felt like not only are you going to see my face and my actions, but there's people are going to see me as a person. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that is, it's going to be shocking because there's a bald bearded guy running down the hall with a spike who's really short. And that scared the hell out of me, to be completely honest. I was like, yeah. And I was like, that was actually pretty cool. And I was like, ah. but yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then, you know, we'll take the, the monster that I played where I was in the makeup chair for three and a half hours. Yeah, it's really cool, but you, you just, you don't even have to be anybody, you know, and and it's cool for what it is, mm-hmm. and it's cool to do the job and to work in that regard. But it's it just feels so much more hollow because the storyline is not fleshed out. There isn't really a relationship there, you know how. Yeah. I don't know. The connection to a monster is is what? Unless the monster is the the main story and you have some sort of humanizing elements that you can attach yourself to and the monster has to convey as well, just a monster is a monster and I don't know. Yeah. I maybe maybe I'm not the best actor in the world. Definitely I'm not the best actor in the world, <laughs> but but you know at the same time it's it doesn't feel when I go home and I, I I think about those two roles, I'm I'm so much more satisfied and fulfilled playing Ike the Spike than I am, you know, playing a monster covered in prosthetics that no one knows about and is just there for shock or scare value. Yeah. No, I actually feel you because under those prosthetics, how much of expressing are you actually doing? You know, like right you can ex- you can express but it's the role that i'm thinking of it was more about vandalizing actions you know it right. wasn't about you know let's get a close up and get your eyes to show yeah. how you are em- emoting it it was just like okay go set this on fire okay go th- like break this thing and you know it's there're far fewer layers in that in my opinion. And I think that's that's the big issue in my view is that, you know, we're lacking in the layers of, of character development. Yeah. How much have you, um, do you think, has Hollywood's perception changed in terms of representation of dwarfism? Um, you know, because we have right now, off the top of my mind, I can think of characters like Tyrion Lannister and stuff like that. Where yeah. you are showing the person within, you are not showing it as some sort of, you know, like a trope, mark, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's humanized, it's personalized. So, how much do you think has that representation changed from when you actually started acting to now? And what are your thoughts on that? It's changed for sure. I see far fewer elf auditions and elf breakdowns and and stuff like that we still have a long way to go because you know, maybe in the shows we're being represented and Peter Dinklage is one of the greatest actors. He's so incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as Tyrion and in the movies that he's played in and the TV shows and stuff, it's, he's really just exceptionally talented and such a, um, you know, He's a hero. He's he's one of the, he's one of our only heroes, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Um, and 
but but really there's only kind of one at his level and it's that's a little disheartening because i know that there are other people out there who are extremely talented you know there are other folks that play that that get a lot of work and you know to my knowledge they're pretty much only in costume and yeah. how can you turn down thousands of dollars to play in a in a costume when you're trying to make your life as an actor yeah it's really hard you know yeah, it's hard. really really difficult to say no i don't want this money that you're mm -hmm. going to pay me yeah i want to you know because i know peter i've read about peter and i know that he's spent years sleeping on couches and um you know just making it just yeah. getting by and you know he's definitely not he's above that now mm -hmm. far above that but a lot of people will say okay yeah put me in the elf costume and pay me 20 grand for a commercial yeah. and i'm not saying that that's what all the situations are but you know it's it's really tough to say no to that money when you're trying to make it in la or new yeah. york yeah. um but we are we are making progress for sure i interviewed on my show um a woman that was the first in my opinion and my close friends opinions you know maybe it's happened before but i've never seen it but the first woman who's a little person that was in a major commercial Ooh. she was in a holiday commercial for amazon ironically her name was alexa and <laughs> yeah which is incredible yeah. um and she's just a person mm -hmm. they could have easily cast her as an elf or said hey we we only want you know elf characters but she's just a woman mm -hmm. at a holiday party hanging out yeah. laughing and i have never seen that before and a lot of my friends who've been in the industry for 20 or 30 years have never seen that before and so yeah i think there is there there is progress moving forward there are roles that are more humanizing and and treat us like actual people and that's that's great but we have to keep moving that forward because i do see on social media i see you know little things posted that really show us in a in a bad light and people laughing at it and saying yeah. you know i shouldn't be laughing at this but it's hilarious and it's yeah. it just kind of opens my eyes and keeps me focused that yeah the progress might be there but we still have a long way to go yeah it kind of sounds like no offense but you know like you don't want to offend, but you are offending. You know, it's like, uh. yeah, and I and I see people who are saying, well, you know, the little person said midget, so I should be able to say midget. It's, oh, I guess yeah. it's not an offensive term, yeah. which I don't understand that mentality. You know, if if someone calls somebody a, a racial slur, does that make it okay for you to say that racial slur? I know. It's like I don't if someone understand. Jumps off a cliff, do you want to jump off a cliff too? It's, it's yeah. Exactly. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's equate these things. But you know, I, I so I I just am constantly reminded mm -hmm. that yeah, we got work to do. We yeah. got to keep at it. Yeah. How much do you think this representation would have mattered when you were a child? Like, if you would have seen um, representations like this on major films and commercials and stuff like that while you were a kid. What difference would that have made in your life? 
I'm sorry, this is turning from a creative interview to a uh, no, little people. This, this is what I do. This I twist all these interviews around. This. <laughs> this is me, Maddie. <laughs> so it's not you. It's me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, I th- I like to think that it would have mattered. I like to think that I would have laid in bed after seeing. Peter Dinklage in 1989, you know, on a TV show as, as some, you know, amazingly strong little person character yeah, and said, yeah, I can do something that mm-hmm. I might not have, or that the rest of society thinks I can't do. I think I can, I can, I'm, I'm worth it, you know, because I've, I've interviewed other people who've said, yeah, I didn't want to leave high school because they knew they didn't just guess. They knew that there was nothing for them after high school. Yeah. They wanted to just, you know, crawl in a hole and or not leave the comfort of their bubble. Yeah. And it's a real experience. And it's it's a lie, you know. Of course it's a lie because we can all learn and um, be something, be whatever we want to be in this world. So I I like to think that that would have changed, but I don't know. I kind of can't focus on that. I really just have to focus on on uh, how I have to keep moving forward. And and maybe maybe focusing on that does mold a little bit what I talk about on my show and what I who I want to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's really important too. There, I know that there are a number of fans of my show who have children with dwarfism or they are little people themselves or they know little people or they know me. Some of, you know, my friends listen to the show and I think it's really interesting for all of these folks Mm -hmm. to have this, you know, now, whenever, as, as quickly as possible, like let's get it out there. That was amazing. Okay. Now let's circle back to podcasting. Okay. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't wanna because this is such an amazing conversation. Um, but let's still do it. <laughs> well, we can go wherever you want to. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it, and like I said, I can talk about a lot of stuff. Amazing. Um, I actually wanted to talk about your journey as a creative. Now you did say that you started out with another friend. Uh, so I want to talk about your journey as a podcaster, as a creative. How did that start? And if you could share that journey with us, because I think to people out there who are still thinking that they can't do stuff because of their appearance, because of their height, because of their disability, whatever it is, anything and everything. I think Mm -hmm. hearing these stories and listening to these stories are, it's super inspirational that, yo, if that person can do it, I can do it too. And it sounds very weird to be completely honest, because it sounds like, you um, you know, if you just say this randomly, it sounds like you're not appreciating the other person's journey. But I think mm-hmm. that you are more than appreciating their journey because that inspired us to do something about it. So I want to yep. know your story, your podcasting journey, and what you feel while you're doing something like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said, I started with my friend Jenny, and she... I like to definitely praise her as being much smarter than I am more quickly than I am. Um, I don't always see the the big picture and, you know, she definitely showed that to me in some 
really helpful ways. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, yeah, I learned a lot from her just in talking about how my episodes should be structured and how, what I should listen to and what I should, um, you know, take into consideration and do and not do. Mm-hmm. She also had a podcast at the time, so she was creating that as well. And we interviewed my mom as the first interview of the podcast, which was really cool because Jenny is also a a single mother. And so it was amazing to have that moment of learning how to, I mean, interviewing your mom is a different thing at all. Different thing, yeah. Yeah. And so to have another individual there and kind of have that be have her be that bridge I think was really helpful um and then after a couple episodes Jenny could no longer do my show anymore and that really bummed me out because I really liked the female perspective in addition to my perspective I really liked the average height perspective in addition to my perspective and the mom like quick-witted, nurturing. She brought all of these really amazing attributes to the show and I didn't think I could hack it by myself. I also was really conscious. I didn't, I don't want my show, I don't want my show to be a clinical rabbit hole of dwarfism where you go on and it's just all these inside jokes and people are just listening and saying, where does this begin? Where does this end? I don't know how to fit into this. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I couldn't really do that without her, but then I just tried, you know, I just, I just did it and it worked out pretty well. And I was, I was happy with it and I just kept doing it. And I was in a really, I was in a place where I was questioning my skill a lot and I was questioning why I should be doing this. Yeah. Do I really deserve to put these episodes out? Do people really want to listen to this? And, you know, that was around the time when, you know, I had a couple other little people that said, yeah, okay, this resonates with me. This makes sense. And the people that I were interviewing were having fun and I was getting better at at that. And I think what I say to people, if they want, I've spoken on creativity in the past and one thing that I say is focus on your little successes. Mm -hmm. Don't focus on what seems to be an insurmountable task in front of you. Don't focus on the mountain that you have to climb. Focus on the little things that are good. If you get a review on your show, if somebody likes your show, if somebody makes a comment on social media and says, Hey, I listened to it and it was really good or I liked it or good job or keep up, keep up the, the work that those are the things that you need to focus on. That's what I needed to focus on. And I did that because in addition to the mountain, the insurmountable task, you know, yeah. I created, I created, right? These didn't happen. I made them up. I created critiques that other little people were going to say about my show mm-hmm. because I wasn't worthy or I didn't belong or how is it my right to be able to talk about dwarfism? And I can see their faces. I can read the posts, stuff that never happened, Mm -hmm. but I let it weigh me down and I let it slow me down. And that's not good. You know, you really have to find those little successes. I had to really pay attention and adjust the focus so that I would just keep 
taking those steps forward, whatever those steps were, whatever I could do at the time Mm -hmm. and just keep chugging along and keep doing it. And now, you know, it's still hard. It's still a ton of work and I'm doing it all myself, but I have so much fun with my show. I have so much fun with my interviews. I have so much fun with my people. I've met so many podcasters. I met you, you know, this is, we would have never, who knows if we would have ever met, probably not, you know, Um, because we're across the globe and you know, the ball is rolling now. And that to me is, is really, really cool. And I've been speaking, I've been doing corporate speeches, presentations on creativity and equity and inclusion. Um, you know, I've spoken at conferences as well, and it's all just, I don't know, it it, it all just kind of moves forward when it's, when it's ready to move forward and you have to meet that moment you know you have to grab onto that moment and say okay yep i'm gonna do i'm gonna do me and that's good enough yeah i want to ask you um you know what did you feel like what was the thing that made you just do it just get on with you know creating your own show um you know what was the shift what made you think if you can remember it what was the thing that made you you know what let me just make one thing and see how it works and then then I'll see how it goes. So what was the thing for you? I think it was encouragement from my friend Jenny, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that was, that was the first thing because she spent the time and she took, you know, I, I, I'm forever grateful because she, she took the time. It, It, it wasn't just me, you know, putting it out there and thinking I need to make a podcast. It was, her and I, mm-hmm. and that that's huge. I, I needed the push. I needed to have some, I needed to have a friend get me, get my motor going, you know? Um, and, and that's, yeah, that, that was probably the very first thing. Well, um, and what made you shift that focus, right? Like from the bigger picture to the smaller steps, because I always keep saying focus on the small steps. Um, you know, take small steps, enjoy the small steps, because that is where the most change happens, because you are mm-hmm. really, really focused on how your mind is working, how your body is working, what you want to do and what you don't want to do. You will understand that much more than when you just take a huge, humongous leap and do whatever that you wanted to do, because then the change is not consistent as well. So, um, you know, for you to look into the smaller victories, what made you do that? What made you shift that focus? I, I've always been, I've always paid attention to those, mm-hmm. but I'm 41 and sometimes I don't always want to apply. <laughs> I want it to go faster, yeah. you know, and yeah. when you want it to go faster, you kind of waste the time. And, but when I look back, I've had so many jobs, you know, playing drums, you have to f- focus on the small things that gets you better. Mm-hmm learning how to edit TV and write and produce television programs. You have to focus on the small edits that make sense or that you end up, you know, turning the computer back on because you can't, you know, that edit is wrong and you have to change it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that makes you better. And then with surfing, every single paddle makes 
a difference. Yeah. You know? And when you think of it that way and you don't think, oh my gosh, how am I gonna get how am I how am I gonna navigate this water? How am I going to get on this wave? How am I gonna shoot this or how am I gonna edit this or how I know this. Yeah. I've done it a million times. You know, I just had to apply it to podcasting. And it was just a little bit slower, I think, because I was very new to podcasting. I didn't have a bunch of shows that I listened to mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And, you know, when you get older, you get probably more impatient. And so I think I didn't really want to necessarily do all the slow, small steps and. But once I started focusing on that and realizing this is just like everything else, yeah. anything else you want to learn, you know, you're not going to pick up the piano in two months, you know, it's going to take years. So focus on the small things and, and do that. And then, you know, check in two years from when you start and say, wow, I've progressed. Oh, yeah. All those little, all those little blocks have, have added up. Oh yeah. That was amazing. That was an amazing piece of advice. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask you, what do you hope to achieve while you are making a new podcast or while you are uh, not a podcast, a new podcast episode or while you're interviewing a new guest? What do you hope to achieve? I hope to achieve a personal connection. Mm -hmm. I hope to achieve um, feelings and emotions and relaying amazing stories to other people so that they can inform be inspired i guess like you don't have to be inspired to go do something but just i think being inspired that somebody else is out there mm -hmm. like you you know and yeah I, I want stories to make those connections and i i I want to get I want to get better. I want to keep moving forward. I I'm, I'm really confident in what I do. I, I know I say that I I want to get better, but I also, you know, I know that I can improve and I think that's an important I like that about myself. I like that I feel really confident in what I do and also I I know that things are always going to change. And so I want to follow that because I think that's what life really is. I think life is just this constantly changing thing. It's constantly molding into other things. And if you can harness that and in a moment and show people that their story is similar to somebody else's. Yeah. That's, that's really fun. And I have a ton of ideas for different types of series and different folks that I want to highlight. And, um, so there's a lot that I really want to do with my show. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I am so glad uh, that you have that balance in your life, right? Like you, you are aware of how confident you are, but you also know that you always need to keep learning. And that's such an important balance to have because it's often overlooked. People are either on the extreme of being overconfident or they are in the extreme of being like, we are never perfect to create whatever we want to create. So we'll keep learning, keep learning, keep learning, but they never put yeah. anything out there. And you have that <laughs> delicate but really good balance, and that's so important. 
it's it seems like it's really good it's really messed up <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, no, no, no. it's it's really hard to maintain that <laughs> I, completely, I completely agree because i am so much like that like people always yeah. think that i am in a very neutral place but i am struggling very hard to keep the balls juggling you know like yeah keep them there i'm like ah. i'm like yes i'm all right i'm fine suddenly <laughs> i'm just juggling 100 balls and i'm like balance is important like you know that scene from kung fu panda when he's like inner peace i i'm like that you know like from outside i look like perfectly calm but inside i'm like balance is important freaking out <laughs> so okay I I want to flip the I want to flip the script. What do you do to kind of keep yourself in check and kind of maintain that um inner that that delicate balance as you put it? <laughs> okay, so um thank you for doing that. It's very rare that people flip the script on the podcast on my podcast but Yeah. I'm I do it all the t- I do it all the time. I like to flip <laughs> the script. I like I like to keep keep my interviewers on the on their toes. Oh yes, please. <laughs> please go for it. Um I actually um have a gratitude routine that i do in the morning nice yes so and i have a habit that if i wake up you know like i'm pretty sure it's probably like everyone else that you want to spend five more minutes in the bed so i i do my gratitude session during that time so that i'm still awake but i wake up joyful and it's like you know re- you're refreshing your mind you're refreshing whatever happened the previous day you're keeping it there and you are starting a new day so i think that's really important and i need to do that because if i don't do that then the rest of my day just goes <laughs> i so yeah can, can i ask you is that a meditation or do, are you writing um no so i just speak it out in my mind so it's kind of like a meditation oh cool yeah um and i actually do recommend this um when i am coaching people uh yeah. the personal coaching not the creative side of coaching the personal coaching that's where i do these gratitude sessions and i tell them how important that is i do mm-hmm. it in the creative sense also but it's it's a bit more fine tuned in their aspect um but in the generalized version of coaching that's really important and i tell people and i think it's really important for people to um have a baseline have an idea of what they're supposed to do and then work their way through it because i do not like and i don't want to ever um spoon feed people spoon feed yeah. whoever i'm coaching i do one on one coaching so i don't even do group coaching and create like this huge bunch of content that i can just say i do one on one coaching and i always tell people that i'll just give you um the baseline the foundation of what you're supposed to do and then you yeah. work your way up through it because this is my experience i know what works best for me but i have yeah. zero idea even if you're sharing everything you're still leaving some things hidden under the lock and key and you know like the chest in your mind or whatever um, yeah. so i always tell people do your own thing i'll give you the foundation so for me yeah. doing that gratitude meditation is super important mm-hmm. i also do healing sessions for myself and the area around me but that's not a regular thing i do that once in 15 days or 20 days it depends on how i'm feeling um and when things do feel like that balance is you know like going on one side or the other take out my book take out my pen and i start writing 
and nice. oh dear lord the, it comes out it comes out <laughs> <laughs> it yeah that's turns, good yeah it you know i have written so many things that i was like you know what this will actually make such a good book uh, yeah. because i feel like like you said right like you never know what experiences people are having and how similar it is to your own experience yeah. until you share your story when you share your story someone is like oh my god i had the same experience and that's how i felt and boom you have some sort of connection because i feel like connections are important in today's world yep. time and space or whatever um so a book is also happening on the side where nice i like it, it. yeah keeping it real it's called living my truths i'm terribly scared of putting it out there because i'm yeah scared. do it do it that's so cool <laughs> you know what that's that's the first that's one of the lines in my introduction it's like i'm terribly scared of doing this which is why i'm doing it and i'm like people that's reading great. it are going to be like are you crazy girl are you crazy and i'm like yes i am It's yes, I am. <laughs> it's in my name. I people like to call me mad, and I'm like, it's in my name. What did you imagine? What did you hope for? Like, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> yes, <sighs> amazing. You want to flip the script back to towards you, or do you have? It? <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep you on your toes. I'll keep them. Keep me on my toes. It's good for my health, also. Yeah, I'm gonna do my fitness routine. during the session. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You know I actually forgot what I was going to ask you because I was like so wrapped up in this um okay so I want to ask you why and this is something that you already actually answered but I want to take a deeper dive into this and Yeah. You said that you want fe- people to feel inspired when they're listening to your show. Um what else do you want people to feel like when they're listening to your podcast episodes? I I guess I just want people to feel like they belong, you know, and that we're all just able to take up space in the world and because that's how myself and other people I know, you know, did not feel. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you can hear somebody else's story and you hear it being told in a real way and not some crazy off the wall reality TV Yeah. You know, treatment. Mm-hmm. And it's down to earth and it's funny and it's sad and it's successful and all of these things that is you know, all these things that are real. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I want people to, you know, I want people to just feel like, yeah, okay, that's them and I have my own story, but it's really cool to know that I can align with other things that they say, you know. Yeah. and why is it important for you as a creator that people listening to your podcast feel that connection feel that um relatedness or alignment like you said why do you think that's important i i just think it's empowering and i think if you feel empowered and if you feel connected and more confident you know because you heard somebody else's story yeah. then that just helps you in so many different ways. You know, I really want little people to be seen as people mm-hmm. that deserve the same treatment and you know, we don't need to be fed toxic positivity or oh. be the be, you know, the um 
be the uh, inspiration porn memes and things like that. It's like, I really think, you know, just treat us as friends and family members and, uh, you know, business people and just folks. And yeah, we definitely need help and assistance in some situations, but, you know, so do wheelchair users and so do people who are hard of hearing or, you know, blind or whatever. And it's, they're all just folks, <laughs> you know, they're all just, they're all just people. Yeah. And, and that's really what I want to, I want them to feel accepted and empowered and not depressed, you know, mm-hmm. not more depressed than they, you know, need to be. They don't deserve that. Yeah. It's like you are human beings at the end of the day. The disability does not make you, it is a part of you. And, it's about accepting that part of you, but it is not something that has to be, you know, pushed down your throat and be like, accept who you are. Or, I don't yeah, know. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it It is not your entire, you know, vibe. It's not you in your entirety. You are human and that's first and foremost. Well, there's, there's, there's that. And then, sorry if I cut you off, but no. there's, there's, there's that. And then there's also the ableism side of it where, you know, being four foot, four inches tall and thinking that I am just like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? I'm not like everybody else. You know, I can't play basketball on a team with a bunch of six foot tall guys and you know, it's, or I can't reach stuff in a kitchen. Like there are things that I need to, that I do need to accept about myself and I shouldn't be overcoming who I am just to live, you know, yeah. that, that's what I've seen in so many little people who are like, no, I'm really proud of overcoming what I am. It's like, yeah, but you're, you're still going to be like when you climb into bed at night and when you wake up in the morning, you're still going to be fighting yourself. And so I don't know. I I think, I think having the story that says, okay, yeah, I can accept who I am and, do what I can do what I want to do, but also say, no, I need help with this. Or this doesn't have to be something that I, you know, always have to fight against. Yeah. No, I think that's where the balance comes back into question, right? Like it's so important to walk that really thin line between knowing that you can be having your own space, that you're worth it, but also knowing that, just because you're feeling that does not mean that you can overlook the part of you that is that makes you you. Um, yep. So yeah, and I love the part about toxic positivity that you also mentioned in your previous answers. Um, yeah. What do you have to say about that? Because I hate. Oh my god, it's such a strong. <laughs> yeah. But I hate toxic positivity. I I hate it when people are like. You're feeling sad, no worries. Just put on something, you'll start laughing and you'll forget all about yeah. being sad. And I'm like, please don't do that. That does not yeah. make it better. It's like, you know, when you're going through problems and you're like, let me drink some alcohol and maybe <laughs> yeah. everything disappears. Like, no, the next morning when you wake up with a headache and a hangover, you're still yeah. going to be facing that problem. It's, it's just a temporary solution and it doesn't do you any good. So yep. what do you have to say about that? I mean, it's a struggle. It's it, I know that it's very subtle and nuanced in 
the ways that it appears or can be anyway. And I know that people don't intend all the time to be harmful or toxic, but you know, it's what I've learned anyway, and I've done a little bit of research on this, but what I've learned is that it's not about the intent, but it's the impact. And so whether you intended to be positive with your comment, it's really more important about how it lands with the individual that you're saying the comment, the receiver of the comment, you know? And so I don't know any little people who have not experienced this. I mean, we've all experienced this saying, you know, I don't think of you as being little or, you know, you're six feet tall in my eyes or, you know, all these things that are just denying who it's like the verbal, the, the verbal version of a messed up ableism, you know, comment. I think, yeah, it's, it's really tough to navigate. And I know that, you know, shoot, I've done it. Mm -hmm. It's, It's not like I'm immune to not, saying those things it's like it's it's just in our culture and in our the way we communicate but if you can kind of think that hey i want to be supportive like how can i support this person mm-hmm. instead of saying what i want to say you know yeah. like actually thinking of how they're going to receive this in the, the way i think you know we're never going to get around it no one's ever going to be perfect i think it's silly to think that you're always going to be perfect. I'm learning to this day. I'm still learning how to talk and how to be with people and stuff. And, you know, having that mentality has helped me, you know, I can't, I'm not going to say for everybody to do that, but it has helped me. And it, it makes me feel like I'm including people and not denying their existence. Hopefully I'm not, who knows? (laughs) But yeah, that stuff is tough. It's it's really tough to hear, you know. Yeah, just smile. <laughs> Don't worry about your problems. Yeah, just ignore them. They'll go away. I'm like, nope, yeah. that would. Because no. I, you know, like, I've said this to so many people and they get so offended when I say this. But I'm like, if you're a, facing a problem, if you want to take some time off, I completely understand. But don't ignore it. Go back to the problem. Sit with it try to understand where it's coming from and yeah. try to be with it so that you can actually figure out what you want to do. And people get mm-hmm. so offended because they're like, but that's not positive. And I'm like, it's not supposed to be positive. It's life. What do you, what do you expect? It's like, you know, ups yeah. and downs. When you are in the down, you can't just keep looking up. You have to look down because if you're, if you're still looking up, you never know how deeply, you know, like, what hole you're walking into because you're still looking up and you're like yeah my life's gonna be positive so like no be there try to understand what you can do to be better and obviously i mean i'm not saying that you have to be negative while you're going through these emotions you can have some rest periods but try to not ignore them because i feel like the more you ignore your negative emotions the more loudly they will shout they like shout it off the rooftops and be like listen to me why are you ignoring yeah. me and you're you know you are like but i am looking up i am being positive why am I <laughs> feeling negative and i'm like because you're not giving it that attention that it so also desires because the moment you turn back and you look at that negative emotion is gonna be like huh i didn't expect that i yeah. didn't expect to get this attention 
you talk to it like you would talk to a child whose balloon flew away and you're like okay we can't do anything about it but i can get you another balloon you know you can talk to it and not just be like oh you balloon flew away that's just life buddy let's move on and like why is the kid going to understand that <laughs> and yeah. it's similar because i feel like our negative emotions are in our child the more you are like let's ignore it and let's move on let's look at the bright side let's look at the side where it's greener like not going to do anything for you buddy because you have to you will eventually understand and come to the realization that you have to be with that negative emotions you have to be with that space you have to give yourself the attention it deserves yep i agree yeah i think i went yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> it's such an emotional topic for me because I always always say this it goes <sighs> okay <laughs> um I want to ask you what were some of the obstacles that you faced as a creative and what were the solutions that you came up with to overcome these obstacles Yeah I mean I started my show and shortly after covid happened so I had to learn how to interview people like we're doing today you know uh, on a zoom and i i ask people who really don't have any sort of technical knowledge of how to record voice mm -hmm. to record on their phones and um yeah and so it's that's been a challenge for sure learning how to be a better a better interviewer has been a challenge because I, I really, you know, I want to be prepared, but I also want to be in the moment and striking that balance is definitely oh, yeah. difficult and takes time and takes effort. And so, you know, that I just kind of did it. I just kind of spent as much time as I could preparing, thinking about how, I could tell this person's story and bring out their personality mm -hmm. and and so that that really was just, you know, trial and error and and I listen back a lot to what I do. I mean, I edit my own stuff, so <laughs> when you edit, you know that you don't want to be saying um and like all the time. Oh, yeah. And so it's at least I don't. And yeah. No, no, no. It's it's universal. It's universal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, so, yeah, those are the those are the things that I think you know. I I really had to spend some time on. Oh yeah, I I resonate so deeply with editing your own podcast. Yeah, I already said this in a previous interview, but I was like, I hate editing my own stuff. Oh no! <laughs> eventually, eventually, you know, like when you are editing. over long periods of time you just start to hate your voice and you're like so why do i sound like that what was i thinking when i was <laughs> like that and it's like oh my god there are so many ums and ahs like you want the podcast yeah. to sound authentic like yep. ums and ahs are quite normal but yep. another podcaster will just look at you and be like um i think you forgot to remove that um like <laughs> I know. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yep. Um 
um, rule your life because life is great mm-hmm. how it is, you know? And I think that, that in a sense is me slowing down a little bit maybe, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't feel like it at all. It actually feels like I'm going faster than I've ever gone. So, yeah. um, yeah, just because I, I see all the stuff that I want to do in front of me. So, you know, maybe that's more focus. Yeah. I definitely think that is more focus, actually. Mm-hmm. I think well, trying to surf and play drums and be an actor is kind of a little bit scattered. It's a lot scattered. Whereas focusing mm-hmm. on the podcast and talking about similar things and the same thing and yeah. just getting deeper with that is more focus. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, um yeah, I want to ask you what is the one thing that has happened in your life recently that has impacted you? Um I mean, starting the podcast, honestly, yeah. for thinking of the last 2 years, the podcast has kind of changed everything because I was really without direction, wanting to pivot in my career, not feeling like I wanted to talk about all of the things that I'm talking about and that's been a huge shift and so and that's that's brought so many more opportunities to you know being on a number of shows like I am today and um producing my show and meeting all the people that I that I meet and having so many opportunities I'm now giving corporate presentations and speaking at conferences and things like that and um i'm doing journalism Mm -hmm. and i never really would have done any of that if i hadn't started podcasting so i think starting the podcast for sure amazing one last question um what is the one last thing that you would like to leave my listeners with yeah for sure i love this question um i say if you see a little person in the wild (laughs) and you feel so inclined, say hello and introduce yourself because we are just people and you don't have to worry about calling us the proper name, mm-hmm. you know, because the proper name for someone is their given name. So Damn. you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to worry about, is it a little person? Is it a midget? Is it a dwarf? Is it whatever? Yeah. Just, you know, if you see someone and you feel so inclined, wave, say hello, introduce yourself, and make a new friend. Amazing. That was an amazing end to this episode. This amazing conversation. I (laughs) am so, so glad that you came on here. The dog behind me is glad that you came (laughs) The doggies here are glad too. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, I'm genuinely so thankful and grateful that you decided to come here. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm a fan of your show and I'm I'm honored to be on it. So thank you so much. Oh my god, that warms my heart so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep a snippet of this and keep replaying it every time. I'm like, should I be making this show? Like, no, first of all, yeah. fan of my show. I can't stop now. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> you're, you're kind of a big deal as well. You got to keep doing it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will keep that in mind. Thank you so yeah. much once again for coming.
Hey Conquerors, thank you for staying here till the end. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode, today's story and today's journey. If you did, please feel free to rate and review me on Apple Podcast or reach out to me at Instagram at Madhurima that is M-A-D-H-U-R-I-M-A underscore soul coach. Feel free to take a screenshot of the newest episode release tag me and put it up on your story with your review so that I can feature you on my Instagram. It would be my honor to do that. It would be my honor to share your perspective on what you thought of this beautiful podcast. Remember, we are here to inspire. We are here to create. We are here to conquer. See you. Bye.